You're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm your host, Duke LaMastra, and this is episode two, Demystifying Faith. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Simple Power Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. This channel is all about helping you to discover the resources, the power, the potential that are already on the inside of you. And I'm not just talking about in a natural or humanistic way where, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to. I'm talking about going beyond that, beyond your own abilities, natural talents, and giftings. Not that those things are not important, and I don't mean to discredit those things, but for the purpose of what I'm getting at today, I'm talking about going beyond your own abilities, natural talents, and giftings to learning to access by faith the supernatural realm of the spirit where nothing is impossible. You are a spirit being created in the image and likeness of God. You are a child of God, a son or daughter of God. You are a co-heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. You belong to the family of God and therefore have access to the abundance of the grace of the kingdom of God. If you're a born again believer, meaning that according to Romans 10 and 9, that you've confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you have been born again, literally born from above. You are royalty. You are righteous. That's who you are. It's not based on your own merits or your own good works. It's not based on what kind of family you're from, if you're rich or poor, what you look like, what your profession is. It's not based on your socioeconomic status. You are accepted in the family of God and you are righteous because he made you that way. It's not based on your works. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When he declared it is finished as he hung upon that cross before he breathed his last breaths, he meant that everything needed to get you full access into the abundance of the kingdom of God. It has already been accomplished. You have been given access into a life of miracles, into supernatural living through faith. And you might say, yeah, but Pastor Duke, I don't have that kind of faith. My faith isn't strong enough for that. I don't have the kind of faith that so-and-so has. I don't have faith to see miracles happen. Believe me, I know where you're coming from. And I used to feel that way. I used to think that I had practically no faith or that my faith somehow wasn't good enough or wasn't strong enough. I would compare myself to other people around me and say, oh man, he has such great faith or she has such great faith. I wish I could be like that. But you know what? I've come to discover something. That kind of thinking about faith does not line up with the word of God. I believe that we've taken the subject of faith and unintentionally made it into something that is almost unattainable. It's become this ultra-rare commodity that's reserved for a few elite people in the body of Christ. You know, maybe apostles and evangelists and prophets. It's reserved for those who maybe have had these crazy stories where they saw a bright light and heard the audible voice of God and everything in their life turned upside down and now they see miracles everywhere they go. Believe me, I thank God for people that have had those experiences. I thank God for those incredible testimonies. We need to hear testimonies and stories like that in the body of Christ. But guess what? I would imagine that there's a lot of people uh, listening to this that don't have a story like that. And I don't personally have a story like that either. But I've discovered that if I compare myself to other people, I actually 
discount and therefore undervalue the grace of God that's upon my own life. The truth is that you and I have been given access to the same grace, the same power, the same favor. So listen, if you think that you have no faith or that your faith is not good enough, I want to share some things with you today that hopefully will change your thinking. You see, it doesn't matter if you stand behind a pulpit or if you're a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, a CPA, a doctor, whatever. You may not be called to full-time ministry as far as a position or a profession, but let me tell you something that you may not want to hear. You are a minister. You have a sphere of influence. There are people all around you that need what you have. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. It's not about a position behind a pulpit. It's not a position or a title that gives you that authority. It's the spirit of God that lives inside of you. For those of us who work in ministry, who stand behind pulpits and teach the word of God, it's our job, according to Ephesians chapter 4, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Saints means you. It means every born again believer. God wants to use you to bless people all around you. And he's given you access by faith into a realm without limitations. You know, it's actually not okay for us to sit back and say, well, you know what? Faith just isn't working in my life. And I think that sometimes we unintentionally and probably without even realizing it, we point our finger at God and we say, well, you know what? This just isn't happening. This just isn't working in my life. I'm not seeing the breakthrough that I should have. And we assign blame. And what we don't realize is that we actually, when we do that, we resign ourselves to the way that things have always been, to the way that things are, when the entire time God has actually given us access into a life of miracles, into a life that is not based on these earthly limitations, He's given us access into his grace, to the abundance of his kingdom. And what that actually means is that we are supposed to live a life of breakthrough. Our lives are supposed to be characterized by breakthrough. Not this kind of thing where, you know, we experience breakthrough every once in a while, kind of by accident. Our lives are supposed to be characterized by breakthrough and by seeing God work and move in our lives. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to other people and resigning ourselves to the way that things are and recognize that faith is not some mystical thing that's reserved for other people. It's for you. So today's session is all about demystifying faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says these words, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith is not something that is earned. Faith is a gift. Do you recognize that faith was required for you to get saved in the first place? You were saved by grace through faith. You needed faith just to make that confession out of your mouth. But this verse says that faith, not of yourselves. In other words, you didn't come up with that faith on your own. You didn't automatically just have that faith. God gave you that faith. It was a gift of God. So you were given faith as a gift from God just to get you into the family of God, just to get you into the kingdom of God, to make that confession, Jesus, be the Lord of my life and turn your life over to him. That faith came from God. It wasn't from works. It was a gift from God. So what's the point? From the very moment of your entrance into the family of God, faith was already working in your life. 
Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. First of all, this verse is not saying that you shouldn't think highly of yourself. It's not saying that you should put yourself down, that you should belittle yourself. That's called false humility. This verse is talking about thinking of yourself in the proper context. The faith that you have is not because you're so great. It's not because you came up with it on your own. It's given to you by the grace of God. So think soberly because he's dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, that's what the New King James Version of the Bible says. But if you look at the Old King James Version of the Bible, that verse sounds a little bit different. It says that he's dealt to each one the or the measure of faith. Many have looked at this verse and taken it to mean that God has dealt a certain level of faith to me, but a different amount of faith to Bobby and a different amount of faith to Susie. In fact, he's dealt to each of us the measure of faith. He loves us all and he's given us the measure of faith. Now, does faith grow? Does faith expand? Yes, but faith grows and expands as you take what you've been given and use it for the glory of God. Luke 17, 5 says, and the apostles said to the Lord, they said to Jesus, increase our faith. So the disciples had been, uh, they'd been watching Jesus do some incredible things. They saw the miracles, the turning the water into wine, the feeding the thousands of people supernaturally, the dead raisings, the opening of the eyes of the blind, healing the lepers, all that kind of stuff. And they had even uh, been part of the miracle process themselves as well. They had seen the greatness of Jesus's faith, and they'd even been confronted with the weakness of their own. And so they came with a request, Jesus, increase our faith. Jesus did not respond by saying, what a great request, disciples. That's exactly what you need, more faith. No, look at his response in verse 6. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. So look, they ask for more faith. He says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree. In other words, even the faith of a mustard seed is enough to accomplish the impossible. Now, a mustard seed is tiny, but guess what a seed has? A seed has within itself the ability, the power, the potential to grow and to expand. The acorn has the potential to be an oak tree. Actually, an acorn has the potential within itself to become a forest because the tree that's inside the acorn will produce more acorns, which will produce more trees and so on and so forth. What's the point? It's not always about I need more faith. The faith that you already have is actually enough to accomplish the impossible. But listen, the faith that you have is a seed or it's like a seed that has to be sown. It has to be used. And as you use the faith that you have, it will grow. It will increase. It will expand. Let me use a different analogy here. What do you do when you want to build your muscles? Hopefully, you don't go out and inject your muscles with steroids or some foreign substance. Hopefully, you recognize that your muscle was actually designed by God with the ability within itself to grow and to expand. How do you get your muscle to grow? You work it out. You take what you've been given. You exercise it until it stretches. And over time, it results in a stronger, bigger muscle. You can't resign yourself to the way that things are. You are not at a disadvantage. You are a child of God. You've been given the measure of faith. Your faith is not inferior. 
It's time to take the faith that you have and put it to work. Don't compare it to the faith of others. Be thankful for what you have and exercise it, recognizing that you are a man or a woman of faith, that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living and working in you. Listen, I want you to understand something. Faith is hardwired into your nature as a child of God. It's not something that comes after you follow Jesus for a few years or decades or whatever. It isn't something that comes after you spend so many hours reading your Bible and praying. Reading your Bible and spending time in prayer are essential for your growth. But listen, faith is something that you have access to right now. But faith is meant to be used. It's meant to be exercised. Faith doesn't sit around waiting for God to drop everything into your lap. And then when things don't work out the right way, we sit there and say, well, God, why didn't you do anything? That's acting like a victim. I've done that enough to know that it doesn't usually work. I say usually because there are times when God just gives you things. I want to use balance on that issue. But I think... More often than not, God is interested in partnering with his people. He speaks, he gives direction, he lets us know what's on his heart, and then through faith, we engage with him to see the impossible happen. Jesus started performing miracles in front of the disciples so that they could see the impossible becoming possible. He didn't just do it for them forever, he brought them into it. When God multiplied the bread and the fish and fed thousands of people, Jesus gave the food to the disciples and said, give this to the people. They were a part of it. They saw miracles happen as they responded in obedience to the word of the Lord. I just think, actually I know, that God wants to do more in and through us. Yes, he's a sovereign God. Yes, he can do what he wants. But he's bound himself to his word and he's chosen to work through people, people like you and me, people that don't have it all together, but it's not about how perfect we are. It's about responding in obedience to the voice of the one who called us. We serve a God who is always willing to speak, always willing to heal, always willing to bring breakthrough into people's lives. Guess what? He's actually waiting for people like you to respond, to stand in agreement with heaven, to see the impossible made possible. It happens as we step out in faith, believing that God will do what he said he would do. Okay, so let's call that an introduction to demystifying faith. Next week, I promise to bring more clarity and practicality to how faith actually works in our lives. But that will do it for episode two. Part two of this discussion on demystifying faith will be available next Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Feel free to leave me a comment. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, go ahead and subscribe. I appreciate you and I hope you have an awesome week. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have chosen imperfect vessels like us to impact the world around us. Thank you for the gift of faith. I ask that you would increase our capacity to trust you and believe you for the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen.